Come on, you ready today? You excited today? So Revelation 12, verse 11. So we've been doing a series on Sunday morning called Testify. Everybody say testify. I say it like you actually got a testimony. Testify. I was about to say lay hands on your neighbor, but don't do that. Slap the devil out of your neighbor and say test. No, don't do that. So Revelation 12, 11, this has kind of been the key verse for us today. And uh, we see our secretary backslid today. You see her on the third row? I saw her. She got something to say about the lights, don't you? Oh, okay, I knew it. Revelation, well, you can't move forward if the secretary doesn't go with you. <laughs> Revelation 12 and verse 11. All right, let's get, let's get focused here. All right, I'll be encouraged. Revelation 12, 11. So this is kind of the theme verse for this series about testify. We're talking about the power of your testimony. It says, they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. But notice it says they have defeated him. Some translations say they overcome by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. So I just want to encourage you again about the power of your testimony before we go any further. And the importance of sharing your testimonies with other people. God says in his word that when you share your testimony, not only does it help you overcome, but it helps others overcome. And so that's so important. So we decided in this series that it would be great to have some testimonies. You can't just talk, preach about testimony without people giving a testimony. So uh, last week, Brother Joe shared his testimony. This morning, Pastor Sonny's going to come in a second, share his testimony. Now, with all the people that we have invited to share, they have multiple testimonies. And so... They have lived a life where God has done one thing after another after another. And actually next week, little secret, Pastor Jessica Boger will be here. And she'll be sharing her testimony about what God has done in her life. So it's exciting. So we decided that we want to share testimonies around here. Why? Because it gives you hope. It gives you encouragement. It gives you faith that God can do something in your life. Because God's no respecter of persons. If he did it for them, he can do it for you too. But I want to say real quickly, it's interesting. I was looking in this verse in Revelation 12, 11, It says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. And uh, some translators say that we have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So I was looking up that word, overcome, in the Greek language. Guess what that word is in the Greek? Can we put up that slide? Next one. It was a red slide. Do you remember that? In the Greek, the word that's used here is this word right here, which I happen to be a Nike person. I'm Nike over Adidas. I know some of you are on the same team. But in the original language, this word overcome, and this is where they got the word, whoever invented, it, invented Nike got it from this Greek word, which it means in the original language, the word Nike means, I wrote it down. I looked it up earlier this week. It means to overcome, to conquer to triumph, to prevail, to have victory, to carry off in victory. That's all from this word. So when you, you read your Bible and it says that we have overcome or we have defeated him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony, that's what this word means. And it's the word Nike in the Greek. L let me tell you what that means. Again, when you share your testimony, this is what it does. It says you overcome, you conquer, you triumph. I'm preaching better than you're responding. You prevail, 
Come on, anybody want that in your life? You have victory, and it all comes from that word in the original, the Greek word, Nike. So now you got more confidence wearing your Nikes during the week. I mean, this is a biblical thing. i got victory on my feet, overcoming on my feet, prevailing on my feet. So this is where I just thought it was interesting to share that to you. So in that verse, overcome is the Greek word Nike, which means, once again, to overcome, to triumph, to conquer, to have victory. And notice that comes through the blood of the lamb, what Jesus has done for us, and the word of our testimony. So meaning what we say that God did for us, that's how we overcome in this life. Did you guys get something? So give you a little more confidence wearing your Nikes. And uh, this morning, uh, we're going to have Pastor Sonny come in a second, but we just want to say a few things about Pastor Sonny and Pastor Cassie. We appreciate them being here this morning. Come on, don't we appreciate it, church family? And uh, mom and dad were just at their church the other week and had great meetings. And uh, we're just thankful for what God is doing up in Ferdinand, Indiana at Covenant Life Church. And so uh, I think you're going to get a lot out of this testimony. And a little side note, Pastor Sonny, if you don't know, is Brother Les's son. So no pressure. Because Brother Les kind of holds a pretty big position at Church on the Rock. So uh, this is just Flock Sunday at Church on the Rock. And so uh, come on, let's welcome Pastor Sonny as he comes to give his testimony this morning. Thanks, sir. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, that's, you don't have to do that. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Praise God. I am Brother Les's son. I, big shoes to fill. Praise God. I'm, I'm going to do my best, though. Hallelujah. Um, such an honor. You know, we, man, it's been a good church service already. Praise God. I feel like, what can I add to this? But uh, it, it's been really good. Praise and worship was on point. Awesome. Good anointing in here today. Shelby Lynn, you got a great voice. I never knew. Praise God. Good job. That was excellent. And uh, Pastor Jordan, he, he blesses me every time I hear him speak. I told him recently, I said, you know, Stephen Furtick and Carl Lentz and Judah Smith, those guys don't have anything on you. And, and, and I mean that. And, and I'm not even, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to flatter him. Believe me, I'm not. But, you know, they're dynamic speakers and they got the presentation. And he has that too. But he, he knows more than those guys. A little secret, he, he does, you know, and he, he's modest, and he say, oh, I don't know about that, but I do know. You know why? Because he was raised in Dr. Jacobs' house. <laughs> Praise God. If you're going to live with Dr. Jacobs and Pastor Diana, you, you, you're going to know some stuff. That's Bible school right there. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it's, it's such an honor to be here at Church on the Rock. It, I mean, this is, uh, this is home. I, I'm, I am Church on the Rock through and through. Praise God. You know how much I'm Church on the Rock? I built this pulpit right here. <laughs> I made that. Yeah, that, that mount up there, uh, yeah, the table too, praise God, hallelujah, this, this is home right here, hallelujah, and uh, so thankful to be here, such an honor, thank you Pastor Jordan and Pastor Lauren for having me, such a, such an honor, hallelujah, like I said, I am, I am uh, Brother Les Flock and pa uh, Miss Mary Flock, Miss Mary, praise God, bless her heart, anybody ever have Miss Mary in, in a children's church, see some hands everywhere out, praise God, she's been doing it for a long time, praise, she's a, uh, She's wonderful, and Brother Les, you know. You know, I think about my parents sometimes, and I think about other people that didn't grow up in a, such a good home, you know. And I just give, give praise to God. I'm so thankful and so blessed to have such good parents. 
So awesome. Such an example. They believed God for me. <laughs> Praise God. Never gave up on me. When, when most people would have gave up. <laughs> Praise God. And I gave them every reason to give up. Praise God. But, but they never did. And I'm so thankful. Praise God. But uh, testify. Hallelujah. What a great word. Testify. I, I, I just like that word. Testify. I, I do have a testimony. I got two or three or seven or ten or uh, a bunch, but I, I'm only going to tell two today. Praise God. Actually, I'm going to tell three stories. I'm going to, go, go ahead and turn to Luke 15. Hallelujah. I'm going to read this story that Jesus told, the ultimate storyteller. You know about two-thirds of Jesus' ministry was telling stories. Uh, you telling your story. I, I had a youth minister, uh, Brother Mike Moylan, and he, he would always tell us, he said, you know, you don't have to be an eloquent speaker. You don't have to know every verse in the Bible. All you got to do is tell them your story. You can tell them your story. Praise God. And as you can tell already, I'm not an eloquent speaker. Praise God. I don't know everything in the Bible, but I do have a story to tell. I know how God changed my life. Praise God. I know how God healed my body. Praise God. And, and uh, I got a story to tell. Hallelujah. But Jesus, you know, storytelling... It's the most effective way of communication. It's one of the oldest uh, ways of communication that's most effective. Because if I'm up here just reading scriptures and bullet points line upon line, you know, people would be falling asleep. <laughs> you know, and, and you, you know I know that because I pastor a church. Praise God. And, and, and <laughs> i got some members over here. No offense. Praise God. But, uh, um, you know, if you could bore people like that. But when you're telling a story... They're hanging on your every word because they got to pay attention or they'll miss something. Praise God. So you, you can tell them your story. Praise God. And that's what I'm going to do today. But first, I'm going to read this story that Jesus told. Praise God. Luke 15, starting 11. Which is, I'm just going to read the whole thing. I'm going to try to hurry. Praise God, because i got a lot to say and don't want my time to get away from me. Verse 11, it said, and he said, I'm reading from King James. I'm kind of a King James only kind of guy. Praise God. <laughs> like, like they say, if it's good enough for the Apostle Paul, it's good enough for me, brother. <laughs> no. Me and Pastor Jordan, we joke about that facetiously. No, I read other translations, and I encourage you to read other translations. But I, I, I grew up on the King James. You ever hear Dr. Jacobs preach? He's a King James guy. He reads out of the King James, so that's, that's just what I like because it's what I'm used to. So uh, bear with me through all the these and thous and all this. Verse 11, he said, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself... Praise God. Thank God for coming to yourself. Hallelujah. I've had a moment there where I came to myself. Hallelujah. We'll talk about it in a minute. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell and kissed his neck. <laughs> I don't know what you all do to me that brings out these tears. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. 
you know, Dr. Jacobs is sometimes he refers himself as the weeping prophet. Brother Ronnie's the weeping drummer. Praise God. <laughs> I heard you say that one time. Sorry, I had to use that on you. Hallelujah. I, I, I'm, just, uh, I'm just thankful what God's done. And I, so if I get choked up, just bear with me. Praise God. And the, son, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and now is alive again. He was lost and is found. And he began to be merry. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop right there. Praise God. You can read about the, about the elder son. He got all jealous. Skip down to verse 31. I want to get, I want you to get at this. And he said unto them, Son, thou art ever with me. All that I have is mine. All is thine. You know. You could, you could look at that verse, and you could picture God standing in front of you saying, Son, daughter, all that I have is mine. All that I have is yours. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't that nice? <laughs> do, we have some, uh, do we have some coming up to do? <laughs> do we have some receiving to do? Praise God. Hallelujah. So, uh, you know, not to get under condemnation for what you don't have. Praise God. We're, we're all at a... Uh, we're all in a certain point of the progress. Hallelujah. You know, we're, we're, we're learning. Praise God. But uh, everything, you ha- everything God has is yours. That's what covenant is, you know. Praise God. And we're in covenant. You can go back through the Old Testament and see how much they were in covenant. But then you can go over to Hebrews 8 and 6 and say we're in a better covenant under better promises. Hallelujah. So I better get to telling my story. Hallelujah. Um, as any good story, you start from the beginning. Uh, 1978, I was born. Praise I, 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 <laughs> no, it, it, I won't do that. Praise God. Um, you know, my mom and dad were 18 years old when I was born. Uh, and they, uh, my dad grew up in church, like a denominational church, probably quit going. He's a teenager. Uh, mom, I don't think she grew up in church at all. You know, and they, they, they had issues like people who don't go to church do, you know, and, and just... All, all the all the stuff that goes along with that. So in their early 20s, you know, uh, my dad's boss led him to the Lord. Got My dad got saved, and he started, go, you know, got invited to a Bible study where Dr. Michael Jacobs was. You all might have heard the story, you know, down the basement. And uh, they passed around a paper. It said, you know, you want to sign up? I'm going to start a church here in New Albany. You want to sign to be a part of that? And my dad said, for some reason, I signed my name on there. He's like, I don't really know why, but I did. And, and Praise God. He, he, my parents are one of the 12 founding families of Church on the Rock back in 1985. Praise God. Along with Dale and Arlene Tillett and the Jacobs, you know, three out of 12. Praise God. They're still, still here. Hallelujah. And uh, so, so I, I started going, to, I guess, seven years old. 1985, I'd be seven years old, and I started going to church. It's Church on the Rock. And uh, we would have long services back then. It would, Dr. Jacobs, when he says I was a teacher and I had 35 scriptures, it, he ain't exaggerating. Really, I know for a fact because I was there. I lived through it. it, it and he would pre- <laughs> I lived through it. Praise God. No, and, and, but, but I, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it because that was my Bible school back then. I learned so much, you know, between the ages of 7 to 17 that, you know, it was amazing what, what I knew about the Bible. And I, and I got saved at 8 or 9, you know, young and 
I, I, I got saved, and I knew God was real, and I loved God, and I believed the Bible. I knew the Bible was true. I knew, I knew God was real. But I had, you know, I had other influences. You know, young people, watch who you're hanging around. I, I like telling, you know, the church young people, you know, next time you're together with all your church young people, you look around and say, these are my best friends right here. Don't have a bunch of best friends that are not word and spirit, word of faith, church-going people. Praise God. Definitely don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. All right. Praise God. All right. Woo. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I, you know why I know that? Because I didn't. I had my friends, my friends I went to school with, they were, they were my best friends. You know, and I, I just wanted to be liked, wanted to be popular, wanted to be cool. And that'll get you in a lot of trouble, you know trying to be a man pleaser instead of a God pleaser, you know, try, trying, to, trying to be cool. You, you, you end up not knowing who you are after a while because you're trying to be something you're not. Praise God, trying to impress everybody and all that stuff. So, I, you know, I had a lot of influences, a lot of uh, insecurity and just weird thinking and, you know, just wanted to be liked. And uh, you, you end up uh, going to the parties and uh, the, the drugs and the alcohol stuff, you know, and I played football and kind of popular, you know, and uh, that, that's not always good either. <laughs> Being the most popular guy in school is not always the best thing. Praise God. Um, so, so I had a lot of bad influences. Started, you know, drugs, alcohol, that sort of thing, my late teenage years. And by the age 17, 18, you know, 19, I think I might have went a little bit when I was 19, but finally, I, you know, I quit going to church. My parents always made me go to church when I was there. You know, in, in my later teens, my dad would say, you at least got to make one service a week. Back then we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. He said, make one service a week. And I got to where I couldn't even do that. And uh, finally he had to tell me to leave the house, you know, when I was 19. So I moved out, quit going to church. Number one worst mistake I've ever made in my life, quit going to church. I've done a lot of bad things, a lot of, you know, you do drugs or alcohol for the first time or other things for the first time, but going to, quit going into church was the worst number one mistake I've ever made, because you lose your supply, you lose your connection, and uh, <laughs> then you're out there in the world by yourself, and <laughs> it's not good out there, praise God, but, uh, you know, uh, hallelujah, so it, Teenage years, I'm living with these guys, you know, uh, renting a place, and it, it's just like a demon-infested house, you know. I mean, it it, it, it it was bad. We did a lot of drugs, didn't sleep much, you know, for for years on end. Went to jail a lot, went, you know. I'm, I'm not proud of any of this. I'm, I'm not glorifying the devil in anything I'm saying. Praise God. I've heard some testimonies where one testimony is trying to up the next one on how bad the next guy did, you know. Praise God. I can tell you right now, Joe's got me beat. So I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to. <laughs> bro, bro. <laughs> no. I look like child's play compared to Brother Joe. Praise God. No, I'm just teasing. Then we talk about Dr. Jacobs, you know, living in a tenement house with cockroach bites and eating out a dumpster and shooting up every day, you know. You know, so everybody's got a worse story than you. We're not giving glory to the devil is what I'm saying. That's my point. Praise God. But I'm just telling you where I came from. Praise God. And I'm telling you what God brought me out of. Praise God. He brought me out. I am the Lord God that brought you out of Egypt. <laughs> you know, Egypt's a type of the world. And uh, 
He brought us out of Egypt. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, like I said, that's old covenant. New covenant, better covenant, better promises, better blood. Praise God. He brought us out. You know, when you're out, when you're a new person, you need to start acting like you're new. Praise God. You need to start acting like you've been brought out. Praise God. Man, I could preach some messages in here. There's a good anointing up here. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is, a, this is a sacred place where I'm standing right here. And I don't take it lightly that Pastor Jordan would invite me to preach here because Dr. Jacobs was very selective, very particular all those years with who he let behind his pulpit. Praise God. And you should appreciate that because that's a, that's a safety thing for your, your sake. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it's an honor to be here. Praise God. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to talk about all the bad stuff, but it, it, it was bad from age 17, 18 to about age 26. You know, I was out there for, I didn't, I didn't step foot in a church for eight solid years, eight straight years, not a foot in a church. And, uh, but I always knew, because I, like I said, I grew up in church. I had church friends. I, I, I went to youth group. I listened to Dr. Jacobs preach. I knew the Bible. I really did. Get all wired up around the kitchen table, you know, about two or three in the morning, and you, you start preaching that stuff to your friends, you know. And you, you, I don't know if you know about those kind of drugs, but they, they, you, you, you talk a lot. And, uh, and, and that's what we would do, and I, I, would, I, I would preach to them, praise God. And, and you know, uh, some of them didn't believe in God. That, they would always go to that. Every time, you know, we'd have this conversation, is God real, you know, and, and I would preach what I thought, you know. But I always knew that if I come back to church, give my life back to God, get right with God, repent, let the man of God lay hands on me, cast any demons out of me that might be in there, praise God, and, and just get right, then I, I could be set free. And I could quit doing drugs, and I could quit drinking. I couldn't quit on my own. I would try. I had no power. I would go to jail, and I'd be sitting there in jail. Oh my God, I'm never going to drink again. No, I'm never, I'm never going to, you know. I, 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 you, you, I mean, I, this repeatedly, over and over. I'm never going to do it again, never going to do it again. I'd make it maybe a day, two, four, six days at the most. I mean, and then you, you're back doing the same things you were because you can't do it on your own. Praise God. But when you got the power of God on the inside of you, when you know that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, Praise God, you, you got some power and you, can, you, got some, you got some Holy Spirit discipline and self-control. Praise God, it's the fruit of the Spirit. And you, you, you do have some willpower then. So I always knew, all I got to do is come back to church, get right with God, and God will clean me all up. Praise God. And I'd love to say it, happened, you know, it just happened instantly overnight, but it didn't. You know, I came back to church and uh, it was a Sunday morning a lot like this, you know, in October 2004. And I was sitting back there, back there on the back row. That's where people sit when they come, haven't been to church for eight years. <laughs> I wasn't sitting up on the third row, praise God. And after about six months of being back, I was up on the third row. Praise God. Uh, uh, yeah. But, but you know, I, I, I sat through that service, and, of course, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm, uh, you know, the devil is a liar. <laughs> and, and he'll tell you, these people don't like you. They don't trust you. They, uh, they, they don't even want you here. You know, of course, that's all bogus. Everybody's like, oh, it's so good to see you. You know, they've been believing God for me to come back. And uh, praise God, I was the answer to some prayers. Praise God. So, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm nervous sitting on the back row, and I get through the service. And at the end of the service, Dr. Jacobs, he, he looks back here and says, uh, Brother Sonny, he said, I don't want to embarrass you or anything, but I just want you to know God's got a plan for your life. And I was like, 
you sure? <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, you know, of course I knew he did, but you know, I, I felt like I'd messed up so much. The guilt and the condemnation. If you haven't been there, you don't know what I'm talking about, praise God, but, but some of y'all do. You, you got that guilt, and that condemnation. And, and like I said, the devil's a liar. So, uh, so I was thinking, all right, God's got a plan for my life. And, you know, I, I kept on coming back. Like I said, it didn't fall off automatically. Took me probably a good year to quit smoking them cigarettes and drinking. I would go a week or two or three and then fall off, you know. But finally, I can stand here right now and say I haven't touched a sip of alcohol for 14 years. <laughs> Had nothing up my nose, no smoking, no nothing. Praise God for, you know, and, and I'm not going to because I got set free. I got set free. I didn't just quit. There's 12-step programs full of people who just quit for a little while, and then they fall off the wagon. Praise God, but I, I ain't falling off the wagon. I ain't on no wagon. I got set free. Praise God. Hallelujah. I got set free. Praise God. But like I said, you know, I had to keep on coming back. The, the, the local church is the most important entity on the earth. Praise God. It is the most, it should be, your, your life should revolve around the local church. I'm not just saying this because I'm a pastor. I'm not just saying this because it's what my parents did. My parents did do it, and they set the example, and praise God, they're living a pretty good life right now. It's because they put the local church first. They don't miss services. Praise God. Hallelujah. And they've been that way for 33 years. Praise God. And, and it's the secret to their success. Praise God. But I kept on coming because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you keep excuse me, you keep coming and you're hearing faith and faith is growing in your heart, praise God. And, and you know, over in Romans 12, it says, it says uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind of the word of God. Hallelujah. So you, you got you to gotta renew your mind. And that's what I had to do. I was eight years out there in the world, going to jail and, you know, living in crack houses basically and li living like, you know, just... It was a bad situation. It, it, it alters the way you think. It messes you up the way you think. So I had to, I had to train my brain again. You know, I had, I had to renew my mind. Praise God. By the washing of the water of the word. Praise God. It, I, my, my brain, you know, it, it needed cleaned up. And I kept coming. And as I kept coming, my mind was being renewed. And I, and I changed my way. I changed the way I think. Dr. Hedderball's famous statement, if you want to change the way you live, you got to change the way you think. Praise God. You will never change the way you live until you change the way you think. And you got to get your thoughts lined up with the Word of God. It's the renewing of the mind of the Word of God that's the, the it, it was the most important thing in my life. Praise God. I, you know, I did come up and have the man of God lay hands on me. But it wasn't like some kind of deliverance where, uh, you know, and a bunch of manifestation. And, and, you know, then I was set free and everything changed right then. That, that's not necessarily how my deliverance came. It just came by me keeping on coming to church. It came by me renewing my mind to the word of God. And, 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 and eventually everything fell off. Praise God. And God did have a plan for my life. Praise God. And a scripture I like over in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly far and above all that you could ask or think. Praise God. I'm pastoring a church now. Well, Sonny Flock. Pastor in a church? No, it really, really. I, I got a beautiful wife. I married a pastor's daughter. Sonny Flock married the pastor's daughter. 
above and you, above and beyond what you can ask or think. Praise God, got three beautiful boys. Got a nice house, got a business, got a church. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing what God can do. I'm telling you, if you knew me in my early 20s, you didn't see all this stuff on the horizon. The horizon, the, on the horizon was prison. That, yeah, that, that, but, but praise God, God changes people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Y'all enjoying this story? Praise God. You enjoying this testimony? Hallelujah. Praise God. I know you all got one too. Hallelujah. You all got a testimony too. And, you know, we're, we're, we're uh, not comparing scars up here. Praise God. Because like I said, Brother Joe's got me beat. But, uh, but I'm just so thankful for what God's done in my life. Praise God. He brought me out of the kingdom of darkness and translated me into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. Been translated. Been, uh, been changed. I used to go down to the detention center down in Clark County, Clark County Juvenile Detention Center. Now, you know, when I first started going, I'd say, man, Jesus wants to wipe your slate clean, you know. He wants to make you, but then I started, that. no, he, he wants to give you a whole brand new slate. <laughs> Praise God. He, he don't just wipe it clean. He don't just cover something up. He, you, you become brand new. Hallelujah. Praise God. I am a totally different person. Praise God from the inside out. Hallelujah. All right, well, that's a. Uh, I'm going to stop there on that testimony. All right, next one, Colorado. Colorado. I, um, <laughs> why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Praise God. I know it. All right, Colorado. I, you know, a friend of mine, this was uh, in 2010. A friend of mine, old, old friend, uh, and I like the guy. He's a good guy. He's fun, and we, we have a good time, and, and he invited me to go to go to a, uh, have a skiing trip in Colorado. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll do that, you know. And, and uh, we were just going to be gone. We were just going to take Friday off work, drive up to Indy on Thursday night, get a cheap room, fly out Friday morning, direct flight to Denver, rent a car. We'll be skiing by 10 a.m. in Denver. Praise God, I'm going to ski all day Friday, all day Saturday, ski a little bit Sunday morning, catch a plane back, you know, be gone for the weekend, skiing trip, me and him, you know. It's like, yeah, sounds great, let's do it. Praise God. But then, you know, after a week or two of doing that, I'm like, yeah, I don't feel right about this, you know. But, but me being the prideful guy, you know, you, you, you don't want to call him up and say, hey, you know, I, I ain't going on that trip, you know, because he'd say, why? And you'd have to say, well, the Holy Ghost bears witness with my spirit that I, that, that I don't, that I shouldn't go to that, you know. But, so I, I didn't want to have to tell him that, and I should have. Should have solved my pride no matter what, praise God. But uh, so we went. And we did just like I said, you know, went to Indy, Indy, caught a plane, Friday morning, flew out there and uh, rented a car. We went out I-70. This is it one of the first supernatural things that happened. We stopped to rent skis, and he said, you know, we were getting ready to check. He said, hey, you want to get a helmet? And I, you know, I've skied a bunch in my life, but I never wore a helmet. I never wore a helmet. And, he, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll, we'll get a helmet. Praise God. So I, I got that helmet, you know. So, so we get up there. We go to A Basin, Arapahoe Basin or Arapahoe Basin, however you pronounce it. It's, it's in Summit County, Colorado. Got Breckenridge, Keystone, Copper Mountain, A Basin. A Basin, it's, it's, it's high elevation. Most of it's above tree line. You know, so all's up there is snow and rocks. So uh, we, we, we get there and we, we go a few runs down. You know, you got to 
If you've been to Colorado, it's not like peyote. <laughs> it's not like peyote. You don't take the lift up and it takes 30 seconds to get up and then another 30 seconds to ski down. No, you got to take a lift to get about halfway up the mountain or a quarter way up the mountain, take another one, kind of jump lifts, you know. So we got up to the top and we, then we get in the back bowls and we're skiing and I mean the sun's shining. We're seeing, you know, Breckenridge over in the distance. It's just a beautiful day. It was like, it was wonderful. We're like, man, this is great. But uh, <clears throat> we seen this one big face on, on this back bowl. And I mean, it was straight up and down, moguls all over. We're like, well, we need to get over there. We had to like pole up, you know, we had to ski, had to kind of hike with our skis, you know, cross country ski uphill to get into this thing where you drop down into it. And uh, I remember getting over there and that, that, that was one of the last things I remember is right before we dropped into this bowl with the moguls and stuff. Moguls are bumps that you ski on. Anyways, um, so we're going down the hill, and, and my friend Kyle told me that, you know, we, we got to the bottom, and we're, we're both pointing our skis to go straight, you know, to get to the lift. You need to get some speed, you know, if, if it flattens out. So we, we, we got through all the hard part. But so we got our skis pointed straight, and I'm going, and Kyle said he was kind of in front of me, but he was looking back, and he, and he looked, and he could tell that my face seen a rock or seen something, you know. So, and he watched, he said, I, I you know, Turned on, grabbed my right edge like this to turn to go, but when it did, it caught an edge, and I catapulted forward and ran into a rock straight on. Bam, like that. Face, upper body. He said it was like a mousetrap going just smack, and then you know, I spun a few times, landed in the snow, head up the hill, face down. And uh, he, you know, it took him a while to get stopped, so he had to stop, and then he had to hike back up, take his skis off, and kind of hike back up. He got to me. You know, several minutes of passport he even got back up to me, and I was unconscious. He pulled me up, and he said, you know, when he pulled my face up, blood just like that all over through the snow. And he said my leg was – he said he knew something was wrong. My leg was kind of up this way, you know. It, it, was a, it was a bad deal. He knew something was bad wrong. So he, uh, he yelled for ski patrol, and next supernatural thing, you know, there was a – there was like an EMT first responder type guy. He was the first one that came to the scene. He's like, you know, I'm an EMT. So he started, he started working on me. And then Ski Patrol was there very quickly, within minutes. And uh, the next supernatural thing, you know, they had a decision. Do we, do we put him on the stretcher and put him behind a snowmobile and take him off the hill and get an ambulance to get him to Denver that way? Or do we call in the helicopter? And they made the correct decision of calling in the helicopter. And where I was, they, they had never landed a helicopter in this spot before. They said, you know, my friend told me that they would try this way and, and you know, had to pull back up. Of course, the helicopter's just blowing snow and it's freezing cold. And, uh, you know, I'm shivering. I, I can't remember what my temperature was when I got to the hospital. It was like 80s or, you know, I was, I was down in the 70s or 80s. My core temperature went way down. But uh, it, that, it may have helped me. I don't know. It, it may have. But uh, so they finally, they, they, they get a place to land. It's still called Phlox Landing to this day, praise God. They, they, they named this helicopter spot after me because they had, never, they had never landed one there before, praise God. But uh, so they got me in the helicopter, thank God, and started flying to Denver. I, you know, this is about an hour west of Denver but in a helicopter. They, they, they said that my belly was like getting tight to the touch, you know, they, they knew I was bleeding out internally. And uh, so as soon as I got to Denver, St. Anthony Hospital, Denver, Colorado, they, they rushed me into, uh, I think it's called the T10 trauma unit. It's like, a, you know, they see a lot of trauma accidents out there, so they, they're, they're prepared for this kind of thing. 
So they take me in there, cut me open, and uh, my spleen was torn in two. My spleen was torn in two, and I, I'd, I'd lost over half my blood, over half of it. They put, I forget, 11 packets of plasma and, you know. They put 70 pounds of fluid in me in one day, blood and saline and different, 70 pounds because I'd lost so much. But uh, anyways, let me see. I better get to my notes. Hallelujah. Um, they, they got me in there, and I think, you know, I, from what I've heard and, and what I've read about what, what people have said at that time is I, I coded at that time, coded like lost all vitals, heartbeat, blood pressure, nothing, you know, and they brought me back, praise God, and uh, they took out my spleen and made it through that surgery, but I was really busted up bad. I had over 22 broken bones in my body. I had, my, my face was just crushed. I had both orbitals, both jaw bones. My nose was broke. My palate was broke. My, all my teeth were there, praise God. Whew, praise God. Got a lot invested in these teeth right here. Praise God, I didn't want didn't to lose those. And God was good. God was merciful. Hallelujah. But uh, right, right now I have 47 screws and 14 plates in my face. 47 screws and 14 plates. It, if you see the x-ray, it's pretty wild looking. It looks like a bunch of constellations and stars and stuff. It, 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 it's wild. But uh, so, so my face was crushed, and they had to do surgery on that. I'll tell you about that in a second. But uh, I had two or three broken vertebrae in my neck, three or four in my back. I had broken ribs, uh, a punctured lung. Later, later, one of my lungs would collapse. I had a lacerated pancreas. They were concerned about that. Dissected carotid artery. You don't ever want your carotid artery to have a cut in it. And, you know, that's not good. They were really concerned about that. Um, broken femur and dislocated hip, you know, that totally blew out my hip and, and broke my femur, you know, the largest bone in your body. Praise God, broke that in half. So they had to repair that. But I was, I was busted up real bad, and literally my life was hanging in the balance. When my friend left Sunday night, he, he asked he asked the doctors, he said, just level with me, Doc. What, what, you know, what, what's Sonny's chances of making it? He said, well, it's about 50-50. He said, you know, sin, but since he's here and, we, and we're experienced with this stuff, we give it a little, about half better than that. Praise God. So, and that was after, you know, this accident happened around noon on Friday, and this was Sunday evening. You know, my life was still hanging in the balance. So I, I, uh, I spent... What's, I think either seven days or ten days in the ICU. I spent seven days in the ICU, I think. No, ten days in the ICU. I was in, I was in a drug-induced coma for like the first four or five days. You know, my dad said that the doctors would come around and they would have a game plan. You know, we're going we're gonna to work on this today and we're going to do this. And he, he would go around all the list, you know. And it was never, never encouraging, you know, every morning. It, it, you know, I had, had some kind of bacteria in my blood. I had uh, clots. I had all kind of different things wrong. And, uh, but, but praise God. Speaking of that bacteria in the blood, you know, the, that weekend, or maybe the weekend afterwards, was the ladies' meeting here at Church on the Rock with Pastor Nancy and uh, Pastor Nancy Dufresne. And so Dr. Jacobs was actually eating lunch with Dr. Dufresne that day. If you don't know who Dr. Dufresne is, uh, that's Dr. Jacobs' spiritual father. Dr. Ed Dufresne, and uh, he was he was eating with him, and so he got this phone call, you know, I guess it was from my dad or mom saying, you know, um, 
Sonny's got this bacteria in his blood. You know, they, they'd been in contact and, you know, keep, keeping, keeping them posted about everything. But, you know, Sonny's got this bacteria in his blood, and they're really concerned about that. So, so he's, and so Dr. Dave's eating with Dr. Dufresne, and he's telling Dr. Dufresne this, and said Dr. Dufresne just threw down his fork, and like he does, shot, fire shot out of his eyes. He said, I curse it in the name of Jesus, and, you know, or something like that. And, and the next day, there wasn't no bacteria in my blood. Praise God. But, uh, you know, it, it, supernatural stuff happening like that just over and over again. That dissected carotid artery, they, 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 they were like, yeah, it just kind of healed itself, didn't it? And, and I was like, yeah, it just healed itself. I was saying I, I, was, I was in a drug-induced coma for about the first four or five days. But the first thing I said when I came out, literally the first thing I said when I woke up, you know, my parents are telling me what happened. You know, I'm like, where am I at? And, you know, and uh, they tell me I had to ski an accident. And the first thing I said was, well, can't keep a covenant man down. It's the first thing I said. You know, it, that it was in me. Praise God. It matters where you go to church. It matters what kind of teaching you're receiving. Praise God. I, I knew it was God's will to heal me. Praise God. I, I knew that. And I had been talking right for years prior to that. Praise God. I, you know, like I said, I, you know, I was out in the world for a long time, but from age 7 to age 17, I got preached the Bible. And uh, there is not many stronger on faith and confession than Dr. Michael P. Jacobs. So I knew not to talk wrong. Praise God. Even when I was out in the world, I wouldn't say stuff just because I knew, I knew better. Praise God. But uh, I, would always, I would always say, I'm the healthiest man on the planet. You know, I, I, I never get sick. I, 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 would, I would always say things like that, and praise God, I was a healthy person. So, so I, I, my confession was right, you know. But how many of you know, when, when you're in a coma, you know, uh, your, your faith ain't helping you a whole lot right then. It, it, it's, it's your parents that are believing God for you and all those different things. They were believing God, and my parents are, are they're a rock. Praise God. They, uh, they, they, they flew out there. Dr. Jacobs flew out there. He flew out there. That, that weekend, and uh, my dad said that he got there, and when, when he'd lay hands on me, all the machines on stuff, you know, start doing all this stuff, or I'd, I'd move like that or something, because he's got a tangible healing anointing in his hand. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, uh, so thankful that he came out there and prayed for me, and uh, Pastor Jacob Boger came out there, and Brother Steve Renfro, they, they flew out there to be with me. So thankful for that. Good friends. Hallelujah. But uh, I was... So I was in the ICU for that, that amount of time, and then I moved, moved me to a regular room for like, I think it was either 7 and 10 or 10 and 7. Anyway, it was 17 days. After 17 days, I got out. You know, I, uh, I, I healed supernaturally fast. Praise God. They said it could be here for six weeks. You know, my brother was getting married eight weeks after that, May 8th, or March 12th, May 8th, whatever, do the math on that. But it, I think it was eight weeks. So... So, uh, you know, I wanted to, I, I was best man at my brother's wedding. You know, I wanted to stand up in it, and I was like, hey, well, you, you probably won't make it to that, you know. And, and it, first they said we wouldn't get out for six weeks, and I got out in 17 days. Praise God. Hallelujah. I went back to work in five weeks. I was back to work in five weeks. <laughs> my mom was telling me about somebody they worked with. They're going to have to shoulder surgery, and they're going to be out for a year. I was like, out for a year? I broke 22 bones. My, my leg was wrapped up like this. And I went back to work in five weeks. But, I, but you know, I had the healing power of God on the inside of me. I ran a 5K 11 weeks later to the day in, up and down the hills of Starlight. 
ran the whole thing without walking. Broken femur, dislocated hip. I don't know if you understand. <laughs> you know, I, got, I got three or four big old screws in my, in my hip, in my femur to hold it together. And 11 weeks later, I ran a 5K up and down the hills, ran the whole thing. And you know, it's just supernatural, supernatural. God healed my body supernaturally, miraculously. Uh, I've, I've looked online, try, scoured the Internet, trying to find something that's even similar to what God did for me. And I, I can't find anybody that tells a story like that. 22 broken bones, you know. I had to wear this neck brace like this because when you break your break vertebrae, you know, I think they're called transverse processors, little wings on the side of your vertebrae, they were all chipped off. And when, and when those are chipped and broken, you got these jagged edges of bone, and you don't want those jagged edges of bone to touch your spinal cord because, right? Am I telling this right? She's a medical person. She, she's getting her doctorate. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a medical person. I just, half this stuff, I, I, you know, I don't know if I'm telling it right or not, but am I okay? So, you know, transverse processes, chipped bone, you don't want it touching the spinal cord, it, it could paralyze you. So I had to wear that thing for a while, and my mom was with me. Remember, remember that spine and neck guy? He said, well, you're a miracle man. Remember that? He, you know, several doctors told me that. said, you are a walking, talking miracle. Praise God, because of what I've lived through and, and, and then the, the supernatural recovery that I made. Praise God. I had a, I had a clot down here in my hip. And uh, I had, well, when, when I was in surgery, there's so much to tell. Praise God. You know, I had that facial surgery. Dr. Dr. Jacobs was there, and he prayed before I went back to the surgery. And he said, you know, Father God, just, just anoint him and let, let, let uh, your spirit guide his hands and anoint his hands to do what he needs to do. You know, they wanted to cut me from here to here all the way around and peel my face down and work on it like that. Somehow they, they put these little pinholes on the sides of my face and did everything through these little holes. They're amazing. This doctor was amazing. He did an excellent job. As you can see, for you know, <laughs> praise God. People I'd ever meet before say, they say, uh, man, you, you, you can't even tell. I was like, you should have seen how good looking I was before the accident. <laughs> you know, praise God. But uh, no, 47 screws, 14 plates, all through these little pinholes. But what I was going to say, Dr. Jacobs prayed, prayed for that man. And, and he came out, or the, was the nurse assistant, the, the surgical nursing assistant, she came out and said, you know, it, you know, it's 10-hour surgery. But every once in a while, he'd get kind of stuck and get perplexed, didn't, didn't know what to do. And he would kind of go off in the corner and, you know, think and get a drink of juice or whatever. And he'd come back like he knows what to do. Praise God. And that was God helping him. Praise God. So, so there was that. You know, I had, had, had my uh, femur worked on, hip put back in place, femur all put back together. They had, they had to drill a hole through my knee, right above my knee here, and hang 25 pounds of weight off of my foot, traction, you know, to keep it in place or whatever. And uh, amazingly, you know, I, I had some discomfort, had a little bit of pain, but, I, you know, I didn't have much pain at all. I was refusing pain meds two days after I was in the, fir in, in the, in the uh, regular room. You know, they say broken ribs are supposed to be really painful, and, you know, of course, my face was crushed, and, you know, broken femur, and I was refusing pain meds. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want it, don't need it. Praise God. And then I didn't need it. Hallelujah. Just supernatural, supernatural. When I got back, I had this clot in my leg. Oh, what, oh, what I was going to say, this stuff just keeps on running together. But what I was going to say is when, when, they, 
one of those surgeries, I guess it was when the spleen, they, they put a filter in the vena cava, which would be your, the, the large vein that returns blood from your lower body, right? From your legs and stuff. So, so they put a filter in there, so if it did throw a clot, it would catch it before it got to my heart and lungs. You know what I'm saying? Praise God. So, so they, were, uh, they were concerned, and I had a big clot in my leg, and I was seeing a doctor over in Sellersburg, and he was keeping me on this Coumadin to keep your blood thin, you know, to, to prevent clotting. And uh, I kept on telling him, I'm like, man, I want to get off this Coumadin. He's like, you're going to have to take it for a long time, you know, because, you know, your, your, your risk of clotting, DVTs, is uh, it, it's very high because of the trauma. And then you lay down your back for all those days, you know, stationary and, and, and different things. But I was like, man, I said, I think that clot's gone. <laughs> and he was like, no, you don't understand. That clot's not gone. He was, he's like, uh, because they took an ultrasound before and showed that I had a big old clot in my leg. You know, I was like, no, I, I've, I've been believing God, and I, I think it's gone. He's like, well, it's not gone. But, but he said, go take an ultrasound. If you think it's gone, it's gone. So I went and took that ultrasound, and sure enough, she couldn't find no clot. It was gone. <laughs> Praise God. So I went and got that filter taken out of my neck, out of my jugular. That's how they take the filter out. They go down through your jugular and take it out. Praise God. Light and easy process. No problems. But, uh, you know, that was, that was just one of the things when I got back. It was just, it was day after day was a new praise report, a new miracle. You know, it's just like, man, I, I couldn't, my mouth was wired shut from the surgery. You know, 47 screws, 14 plates. My mouth was wired shut when I came back. And I had to go to a doctor over in Louisville to, uh, to get my mouth unwired. But after I did that, you know, I couldn't open my mouth. Like, less than a half inch. That's all I could do. And uh, I like hamburgers, you know, <laughs> Big Macs, praise God, you know. And, and if you can only open your mouth a half inch, you can't eat no Big Macs, praise God. So I'm like, we got to do something about this, praise God. So, uh, and, you know, I went back to him after a week, and it, it had gotten no better. And he said, well, he said, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to put you out, you know, anesthetic, put you out, and then we're going to do what's called a forced opening, where I'm going to pry on your jaws and do this, you know, and work you over real good and then wake you back up and you should be good after that. I'm like, I looked up at him. I said, I think I'm going to try to get that on my own. <laughs> he said, get it on your own. I said, yeah, I think I'm going to get it on my own. He said, well, uh, he said, here's some popsicle sticks. You can work them together like this, you know, do, do that, you know, like try to pry them open, you know, just do some exercise with these popsicle sticks to work your mouth open. And, uh, I didn't do much of the popsicle stick stuff, praise God. What I did was I, I started confessing and believing God and saying words out of my mouth, you know, my mouth is going to open it, you know. And sure enough, a week later, I came back, I opened it all the way up. They, they said because of the pooling of blood and all the scar tissue is why my, my, my mouth would be that way, and that's why you would have to have forced opening, but I didn't have to do the forced opening, praise God. I got it on my own. He didn't know what I was talking about, but I knew what I was talking about. Praise God. God got it for me. Let me say it that way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me see. Seems like there's a whole lot more, but uh, I better, I better uh, go ahead and shut her down. What I wanted to say about that, you know, I got invited to go to that, and the Holy Spirit was telling me, don't do it. Could have saved me a whole lot of trouble right there by just calling up that guy and saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go. Praise God. But uh, the Holy Spirit was trying to save my life. Could have cost me my life, disobeying the Holy Ghost. You know, children of God, they're led by the Spirit of God. 
And we know we're the sons and daughters of God because, because the Spirit himself beareth witness in our spirit that we are the children of God. So when, when you've got the Spirit bearing witness in your spirit, praise God, it is very important to listen to that and follow that and do what he's saying. Praise God. But uh, that's my healing story. Praise God. Busted up bad running a 5K 11 weeks later. Praise God. So thankful for my church. So thankful for my church family. Praise God. I had people, you, you all were praying for me, and of course they were talking about it at the ladies' meeting. And there was people in here from all over the country, even all over the world. I had people praying for me in Mexico. I had people praying for me in Morocco, Africa. I had people all over the world praying for me. Hallelujah. So thankful for you. A lot of you all I don't know. Praise God. But uh, a lot of people I do know that were here. And, uh, and it's just so important where you go to church. I'm a, I'm a local church man. Hallelujah. It is so important. It is so important. Everything in my life, all the changes that I talked about in the first part of my testimony, all those changes, it's because of the local church. It's because of a pastor. Praise God. Preaching the word of God. Having a real shepherd. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's a gift from Jesus, you know. Read Ephesians 4. It's a gift from Jesus. Hallelujah. So uh, that's the way I look at it. <laughs> All right, well, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to say or do. Praise God. Hallelujah. Pastor, anything you need me to do or want me to do? If not, I'll... go ahead. Uh, Morgan, could you come up and play for a second? I just want to give an opportunity, first of all, for anyone who wants to receive Jesus. So could we just bow our heads for a second and close our eyes? And... Um, just real, real, real quickly here, uh, before we go any further, and I want to do something after this, but if, uh, if you feel like you just need to make the first step towards God, nobody looking around, uh, just between you and God right now and us, and we're going to say a prayer together that everybody's going to say with us, and, and you feel like Sonny's story really uh, touched you today, could you just raise your hand? Nobody's looking around today, and we'll just say it together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I see a few hands here. Let's just say this together today, okay? Father, I come to you. I thank you for dying for me. Make me a new person. Forgive me of all my sins. Today, I'm rededicating my life to you. Make me new. Forgive me of all my sins. I am your child now. Today is a new day for me, a fresh start in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I get amen in the house of God for people rededicating their life? Let me say this. Uh, he talked about healing too. And if just at your seat right now, if you feel like that you have some symptoms in your body or you need some healing, maybe it's a longstanding issue, could you just raise your hand for a second? I'm going to ask Sonny to actually pray for you. Just stay seated. He's going to pray for you right up here. So if that's you, just raise your hand. And he's going to pray for healing. Hallelujah. Let, let me say real quick, you know, I, I listened to Dr. Jacobs. He's down in Georgetown, Texas, Friday night. And he was talking about, is it God's will for you to be healed? You know, and, and Brother Hagin used to say, that's the first thing you got to do is convince people that out of the Bible, that it is God's will for you to be healed. It's God's will for you to be healed. I can say most assuredly for a fact, God wants everybody 
healed of everything every time. Praise God. It is God's will for you to be healed because it's all through the Bible. Praise God. And Brother Les did an excellent job of showing you just a few scriptures there. Praise God. If, if you believe you're saved and your sins are washed away, praise God, you need to believe you're healed too. Praise God. So, Father God, we thank you for everybody here who is in need of healing. We thank you, Father God, for your power, for your anointing going into their body, touching them, making them healed and whole in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for driving out any pain, any sickness, any disease, any weakness, any infirmity. We command it to go right now in Jesus' name. It has no place in a child of God. It has no place in a believer. And we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for your power just flowing through their body and driving out all sickness and disease and pain in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me give you a little hint. The first thing you do is not check and see if your pain's still there. Praise God. Keep the switch of faith turned on. The power of God went into you this morning. Praise God, so believe it and keep the switch of faith turned on. And when, you know, when them symptoms try to creep up, you keep your mouth right and say, no, by his stripes I'm healed. Praise God, I'm healed and I'm whole. You, you got you to gotta think that way, you got to talk that way, and you got to believe that way. And praise God, it will manifest in this natural realm. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Hey, come on, can we thank Pastor Sonny for sharing with us today? Denny,